If you're visiting with us this morning, we want you to know that you are welcome here. We're glad that you're with us. Um, normally our practice is to go straight through books of the Bible, and we're going to begin going through the book of Hebrews. Um, I want to say very soon, but relatively soon. Um, so for the next few Sundays, as we, well, the next several weeks, actually, as we get ready to enter into the new building, we're going to be reminding ourselves of our mission, who we are, what we're about here at First Baptist Church. Um, just by way of announcements, we are moving into the new sanctuary next Sunday. So next Sunday, yeah. next Sunday, there won't be any early service or Sunday school. We're going to meet at 10 o'clock and we're liable to go until 12. So eat before you come. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a wonderful time of celebration. We've got lots of baptisms. We're going to take the Lord's supper. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a wonderful, uh, God glorifying service. Um, but also that means there's no Wednesday night activities this week. So no, nothing going on this Wednesday. We're going to be all week long moving stuff and getting ready for, uh, Sunday to get all that done. So there's nothing going on, uh, this Wednesday and, uh, the ladies night out is October the 7th and they're selling tickets right there at the back. Ladies, make sure you get your tickets so they know how much food to order. If you've got your Bible with you, you're going to turn with me today, if you will, to Matthew chapter 28. Um, like I said, normally my practice and what I'm most comfortable with is going straight through books of the Bible. God gave us the word uh, in the way that he has given it. And uh, it's my conviction that we go verse by verse, section by section through books of the Bible. But this is important. For the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about who we are. Uh, it's been quite a while since we defined our mission and focused on our mission and who we are as a church and who we're going to be as a church. Uh, why we exist, um, and with next Sunday, us moving into the new sanctuary, we're going to be beginning a new chapter, as it were, in the life of First Baptist Church, but I want us to make sure we understand it's going to be new, and it's going to be pretty, and it's going to be comfortable, and it's going to be all those wonderful things, but that's not our mission. Our mission hasn't changed. The mission of this church, the mission of the church, is to make disciples. That's the mission. And it's going to be a lot of new things happening, a lot of changes going on, but we're not going to be focused on the building. We're going to be focused on making disciples, glorifying God by making disciples. That is the church's mission. That's our church's mission. And that's your mission as a Christian believer. The last command that Jesus gave to the disciples in the gospel of Matthew before he ascended into heaven was, this is what I want you to do until the end of the age. Until I return, I want you to make disciples of all nations. So let's read that text together. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 through 20. It says this, now the 11 disciples went, the 11 because Judas is gone. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's pray together. Father, we do love you and we thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would bring forth your word in clarity today, God, and that it would be uh, preached in context and that you would um, that you would speak to our hearts and that none of my opinions and my 
presuppositions and all those things would enter in, God, but that you would speak through your word today. Uh, Help us to know who we are to be as your church. We do love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this verse, this section, is how the gospel of Matthew ends. This is the mission that Jesus gave his church. It's also, it also appears in the Gospel of Luke, and it's also talked about all through the New Testament. But this is how the Gospel of Matthew ends. So this is the mission that Jesus gave his church. I want you to hear it clearly before we ever move a single chair into the new sanctuary. This is who we're going to be at First Baptist Church. Making disciples is the mission. It's the mission of every ministry here. It's the mission of every member here. It's the mission given to every Christian. And it's important because this is our part in God's story of redemption. If you were here last week, we looked at the last section of Revelation as we, we've been talking about training for godliness and growing as a disciple and all that. And we looked at the last section of Revelation. We saw this, this glorious end to which God is moving everything. The new heavens, the new earth. And we saw how all of the Bible is one glorious story. God's story of redemption. God is restoring what was lost through sin in the Garden of Eden. And we looked at the language used at the very end of Revelation and compared it to the language that's used at the very beginning of Genesis. The tree of life and the river that flowed out of Eden flows out of the throne of God. And we, we talked about how the story is one narrative and it's one story. And today we see that we have a part in this grand story right now. The mandate God gave Adam and Eve in the garden was to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth with God's image. And indeed they did multiply, but because of sin, as the people multiplied and spread, so did sin and corruption. And it got so corrupt that God destroyed all of life with a global flood and started over again with a man named Noah and gave Noah the same commission. Be fruitful and multiply. Told Noah the same thing. Noah failed as well. Sin in man's heart still hadn't been dealt with yet. So God chose Abraham and said, I'm going to make a nation from you and Israel will be the light to the nations, he said. But over and over again, Israel failed and rebelled against God. Prophet after prophet was sent to them, calling them to repent and turn back to God. Finally, the father sent his son, Jesus, God and man. And he succeeded where all others failed. He lived perfectly according to the law of God, fulfilled the covenant of God, gave his life on the cross to atone for sin, to pay for that sin, and rose from the dead, defeating sin and death. And now those united to Christ by faith are indwelled with the Holy Spirit. The sinful heart of mankind is changed. And now we are being conformed to Jesus's image. And now that all that's accomplished, Jesus gives his people the same command. Be fruitful and multiply. Go and make disciples. Spread my image across the earth to all nations. We are being used of God to spread the image of Jesus Christ to all peoples, all nations, as we make disciples 
disciples. That's your part in God's story where he has placed you in the family. He's placed you in the job. He's placed you in the place. He's placed you. That's your part. That's your calling as a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. And you know, there's no difference between a believer, a Christian and a disciple. They are the same thing in the new Testament. If you are a Christian, if you're a believer, if you've been saved, your calling is to make disciples. The word disciple just means learner. So that means we are also, as disciples, we're going to be growing and learning the whole of this life as we follow Jesus. So when I say that First Baptist Church's mission is to make disciples and grow as disciples, it's First Baptist Church's mission because it's God's mission. And technically, it's not just First Baptist Church's mission. It's the church, the universal church's mission. It's God's story that will culminate in the new heavens and the new earth. It's your mission personally, individually, and our mission as a body. So let's look at it as we walk through these verses. The first thing we see is this is called the Great Commission many times. The first thing that we find is that this mission is not given to perfect disciples. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now there's some that say there were more than just the 11 there and there could be, but grammatically the they and the them points to the 11 disciples. So make sure you see that even now, right before Jesus ascends into heaven, some of the disciples doubted. The, the word doubted means double-minded. They were wavering. They were hesitating. That's kind of amazing, isn't it? I mean, here at the end of the gospel, at the end of Matthew's gospel, after all that they've seen, after all that they've experienced, Jesus has now dealt with sin. He's risen from the grave. He's demonstrated that he is the Messiah of God. He's been teaching them for 40 days after the resurrection. Even now, some of them are still wavering. Well, it's amazing, but it really shouldn't surprise us too much. All of these disciples have a history of doubt, a history of failure throughout Jesus's life, throughout the gospel of Matthew and the other gospels as well. They were inept. They were fearful. Not a single one of them stood with Jesus when he was arrested and suffered at the cross, except John. They scattered like rabbits after his death. They were filled with fear and doubt. They cowered in the upper room for fear that the soldiers were coming to get them next. And even now, after Jesus was raised from the dead in their very presence, they're seeing him. They still don't understand. In Acts chapter one, they were asking about the kingdom, restoring the kingdom and him ruling from an earthly throne. There isn't a one of these guys who any serious-minded reader of the gospel of Matthew would call a champion of the faith, at least not yet. And these are the guys that you're leaving the most important mission in the history of the world with? Are you sure you're ready to go right now? These are the guys that are supposed to be discipling other people? Yes. God didn't call perfect disciples to make disciples. He calls all disciples to make disciples. Jesus didn't say, okay, you guys who are worshiping, you're ready to go. Go stand over there. I'll be with you in a minute. You guys over here doubting, hesitating, you, you need to lay out a little while. You guys have a little more to learn before you can start undertaking this mission. No, to be a disciple is to be a learner. 
As long as you're in this life, no matter how mature in the faith that you get, you will always be learning and growing in Jesus Christ, always. So no matter where you are in this journey with Christ, in your walk with Christ, you are called to make disciples right here, right now. Do you have a history of failure? Do you have weaknesses? Do you have sinful temptations? You have a lot of growing to do in your faith. You have a lot of learning to do about your, the word and your walk. Welcome to the human race. We got membership cards and everything. God doesn't give his commission to only the strong disciples or the capable disciples. He uses the weak things to confound the strong. God doesn't need your ability. He wants your availability. So if we're going to make disciples, and our mission is to make disciples, the first thing we need to do is get rid of all the excuses that we lean on to be disobedient. I need to wait till I get myself together. Well, then you're never going to make disciples. If Jesus only gave his commission to disciples who had it all together, there wouldn't be any mission. Well, I need to wait till I learn more. Everyone needs to learn more. And the more you learn, the more you'll know you need to learn. You'll never get to a place where you don't need to learn more. I need to wait till I'm not struggling so much with this trial in my life. Hate to break it to you. There's another one coming. This life is filled with trials. Well, I'm just too busy with my own life. Well, then you need to repent of your idolatry. The fact of the matter is that you're already making disciples every day of your life, right now. Everybody in this room is making disciples. The only question is whose disciples are you making? If we're going to obey Christ to make disciples and grow as disciples at First Baptist Church, you cannot listen to the temptation that says, I'm not able, I'm not ready, I'm not strong enough, I don't have anything to give. Everyone who has ever stepped out in faith feels exactly the same way you do. That's why it's called stepping out in faith. Jesus knows you. We just sang that song. He knows you. He knows the secret things of your heart. He knows what you're able to do, what you're not able to do. He knows what you know and what you don't know. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your sins. He knows you and he has personally given you his commission to make disciples. He's told us all, every single one of us, we are to make disciples. This is my commission. Now, we're going to be, boy, I hate when people tell me to do something and don't tell me how, but I'm not going to tell you how today. We're going to be talking about how we make disciples for the next several weeks. Today is just, this is the mission. We're going to be talking about what it looks like for uh, some time before we get into Hebrews. But today, first, you have to resolve that this mission that you're reading is your mission. That's the point today. Resolve that this mission is my mission. Right here, right now. Make disciples. And the reason is because this mission bears Jesus' authority. He says, Jesus, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And I put the first two words of verse 19 there because he bases the commission on the fact that all authority is given to him. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples. Now, when Jesus says all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, it sounds strange to us. 
Because Jesus existed from all eternity as the Son of God, second person of the Trinity. So, so how can he say all authority is just now being given to him as if that were what he was saying? The, it's a reference and a fulfillment of Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. In Daniel's vision, he said this, I saw in the night visions and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, look at it, that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. You see, the eternal son of God took upon himself a human nature, died, rose from the grave, and when he ascended into heaven, up to the throne, up to the ancient of days, he ascended as both God and man. He remains both God and man, 100% God, 100% man for all eternity as he sits at the right hand of the Father. He came into the throne room of God, as it were, after completing his gospel work, and for the first time in all of eternity, God gave the kingdom to a human being. Jesus Christ, God and man. The Father bestowed upon Jesus as God and man the name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. So just as Daniel prophesied when Jesus as God and man ascended into heaven, ascended to the throne of glory. He was given the kingdom that all people's nations and languages should serve him. And it's by this authority, Jesus commissions his disciples. The kingdom has been given to me that all people's nations and languages should serve me, Jesus might say. Now go make disciples of all nations. Listen, all authority is given to Christ given to the God-man. There is nowhere on earth, nowhere in heaven, that Jesus is not King of kings and Lord of all lords. So when we engage in the mission that he has given us, the commission that he has given us to make disciples, as weak and as fallible as we may be, regardless of where we may be, we go in the name and the authority of the Most High. Don't you dare think that you're not able if you're a follower of Jesus. There's lots of things you probably need to learn. Lots of things I need to learn, but don't dare think that you're not able. Don't think you don't have time. Don't think you're not strong enough or knowledgeable enough. The one who rules over all has all authority in all of heaven and all of earth has given you his command. You need no other authority than that. You are commissioned by the authority of Jesus Christ. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has given it to me. And what did he tell us to do? Since all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said, because that's real, because that's true, I want you to go make disciples. Go, therefore, because all authority has been given to me, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, in this sentence, there is only one command. There's only one finite verb. 
The rest of them are participles. The commission is to make disciples. That's it. The other words, go, baptizing, teaching, are all participles that tell us how we make disciples. The first thing he says is go. It's the first word in the sentence. Go. Now, many take this as a command to, to leave home and leave everything behind. Now, God certainly does call people to do that, some people to do that for sure. But this word go, is, it's a passive participle. He, he, he's saying all authority has been given to me, therefore going or as you're going or while going, make disciples. The point is to be intentional as you are going, wherever you are going, whenever you are going. Make disciples everywhere that you're going. We aren't called to wait until we think we're ready to make disciples. We're not called to wait for what we think is the right opportunity to make disciples. We are to be making disciples as we're going all through this life. Wherever your feet fall is the right place and the right time. Wherever God has you right now and with whomever God has put in your path is your opportunity to make disciples. And we're also given what making disciples actually looks like. He says, baptizing them in the name, singular, of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, by this we know making disciples means we're to be evangelizing the lost. Baptism is the ordinance God has given to the church by which people publicly testify as a converted follower of Jesus Christ. It's the first act of obedience for a new believer, for a new disciple. It's the picture of what has happened in our hearts by grace through faith, buried to the old life, risen to walk in the new. Baptism itself doesn't save you, of course. Trusting in Jesus saves you. But baptism is the first act of obedience for the new believer. It's a public declaration of your faith in Jesus Christ. It's where your life of discipleship and following Jesus begins. Now make sure you understand me. Just because baptism doesn't save you, that doesn't mean baptism is optional. It's not. It's a command. Jesus is telling us that we make disciples first by calling people to faith in Christ and calling them to demonstrate that faith in the first act of a disciple's obedience. But evangelism isn't all of what making disciples is. We aren't just called to make converts. We're called to make disciples. So Jesus also tells us that we're to teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. Now, make sure that you don't misquote this verse. So many people do, and I have before. He isn't just calling them to teach what he commanded. He's calling them to teach them how to keep what he commanded. Observe is the word that's usually translated keep or obey. Now, when we think of teaching, we usually think of a person standing at a chalkboard or giving a lecture or something like that, passing information from my brain to your brain. And of course, that's, that's necessary. I mean, that is, that's what teaching is. No one can keep commandments that they don't know about, so that's part of it. But teaching them to observe all I command is not just a transfer of information. It's taking another by the hand and teaching them how to obey all that Jesus has commanded. It's applying it to real life. It's modeling it and mentoring before them, coming alongside one another as we follow Jesus together. 
Jesus is calling us to make disciples the same way that he made disciples. Jesus took 12 men and he walked with them. He did life with them. He ate with them. He modeled his life before them. Yes, he did teach them. He did instruct them for sure. But his life was invested in theirs for three years and he showed them how to walk it out. We're to come alongside one another and say, okay, here's the command of Jesus. Let's walk this out together. Helping one another walk in faithfulness. We're to help each other actually follow Jesus. We're to make disciples by investing our lives in one another. That's the pattern for making disciples. Be wary of what I call the solitary scholar. Very knowledgeable, but will not invest in anybody, but loves to tell you how much they know. That's not what making disciples is. Making disciples is investing your life in other people and having other people invest their life in you. Teaching them how to observe all that Jesus commanded. And it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect in your obedience or in your walk or in your following Jesus. That's the whole point. We need each other. No one can walk faithfully and follow Jesus in isolation. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you know. If you want to argue that point with me, come on and bring your Bible. You cannot grow in isolation. You cannot make disciples in isolation. You cannot grow in the fruits of the Spirit in isolation. We talked about that in Galatians. We are the body of Christ. We need each other. We have to walk with each other. You help me follow Jesus and I help you follow Jesus. Don't think just because the pastor needs other people too. You're never going to get to a level where you're so spiritual you don't know. We need each other. I need you. And like it or not, you need me too. We teach each other how to observe what Jesus has commanded. So in order to engage in the commission, we must be, number one, intentional about evangelism, about calling people to faith in Jesus Christ. And we need to be intentional about being invested in the lives of disciples to make disciples. We're not just making converts. We're making disciples and growing as a disciple while we do so. This is really what our life group ministry here at the church is about. In Sunday school, we study the word of God together. In life groups, we help each other walk as disciples of Jesus. Those groups are built around application of the word, real life application, fellowship with one another, prayer for one another, accountability to one another. They're what, we're call, they're what, what we call discipling relationships. Now, we've been in the gym for a while, so you don't see the life group board. You don't see the little cards with all the groups. We'll be in there next week, and you'll see it. And we'll be talking about this over the next four or five weeks, probably, worship, connect, serve. But it's what's called discipling relationships, connecting intentionally to help one another follow Jesus. Listen to me. You cannot grow without discipling relationships. You can't. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be in a life group at First Baptist Church. You're not going to find that anywhere in the Bible. But you have to be in discipling relationships. 
You have to be walking in Christ with other people. Are you a follower of Jesus? Then this commission is for you. This commission is not given to a nameless, faceless church organization. It's given to you. You are the church. The building is not the church. The new building will never be the church. You are the church. Whether we're meeting in a gym, whether we're meeting in a bean field, you are the church. If you're a Christian, this, this is Jesus' command for you in God's story. It'll look a little different because you live over here around these people. You work over here with these people. This person goes to school with these people. It'll look a little different how, but this is your commission. Make disciples. We have the gospel. We do it by the gospel. Now that seems like a very huge task, doesn't it? We're called to evangelize and make disciples. We're called to do it in the world and we're called to do it in the church. It's not either or, it's both and. That seems huge. It seems impossible because I know my heart and I know my ability and I know my life. It just doesn't seem like something that I can do. You're correct. It's not. But Jesus empowers this mission. At the very end of the commission, he gives this this wonderful promise and behold it's part of the what he was talking about earlier I am with you always to the end of the age he is with us as we go as we make disciples you're not left to your own devices your own strategy your own strength your own knowledge to engage this mission he is with you his presence is with you when you're investing your life in one another his presence is with you when you're witnessing to that person at the grocery store or that neighbor. Jesus superintends this mission. He is with you. That is, that is the quintessential promise of the Bible. I will be your God and you will be my people. When Israel was about to set off for the promised land, Moses in, in Exodus 33 said, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, then don't send us up from here. And God said, my presence will go with you. Later, God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. And we always quote that, be strong and courageous, but we forget the next part. Be strong and courageous because I am with you. And now Jesus says the same to us. Go and make disciples and I am with you. Notice he doesn't say I will be with you. I will be with you. Don't worry. When you gear up and you're ready and you get out there, don't worry, I'll be there. No, I'm with you right now. Meaning, I want you to make disciples right now. I'm with you right now as you're investing your lives in one another. I'm with you right now as you toil and you strive to grow and to help others grow. Remember, he's not talking to just some amorphous group of people. He's looking 11 guys in the face, in the eyeballs, some of whom are doubting right now at this moment as he's speaking. You don't have to fix yourself to come to Jesus in the gospel and you don't have to fix all of your problems and all of your inadequacies before you engage in the mission of making disciples. I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus says to the worshipers and to the doubters, I'm with you 
as you go on this mission. This is what we're called to do. This is how we grow as disciples with one another. We take each other by the hand and say, I will help you follow Jesus and you help me follow Jesus. And no matter who we are or what's happening in our lives, we can have assurance that as we walk out this calling, Jesus is with us. You aren't making disciples in your own strength. You're making disciples even when you don't have any strength left. You're making disciples even when you're hurting. Why? Because he's with you. And there will never be a time in your life. There will never be a time in your life when you are exempt or graduate from making disciples. Jesus says, I am with you all the way to the end of the age. Now, Jesus is with his people for sure. But this promise at the end of Matthew is tied to the commission that he just gave. We are to be making disciples. And as we are making disciples, I am with you always to the end of the age. We are to be making disciples until this age comes to an end or we pass out of this life first. That's the call. That is the mission. At First Baptist Church, that is our mission and that will be our mission. Next Sunday, when we enter the new building, that's still going to be our mission. Five years from now, if, if we're all still here and we're all still breathing, that's going to be the mission. There are a lot of things that are changing, a lot of things that have changed, a lot of new things that are happening around here. There's one thing that ain't going to change. We're going to be about making disciples from one end to the other, always. We will be about making disciples here. We're going to step out into God's purpose and God's plan for growing his kingdom, the commission that he has given us. That means we're going to step into his plan for growing his kingdom in us and growing his kingdom among the nations. And you as individuals, you're part of God's epic. You're part of that story. The story to fill the earth with his image. It won't be fully complete until there's a new heavens and a new earth. But we've been given the commission to be fruitful and multiply. To make disciples of Jesus Christ. Those who will dwell with him forever. We're called to make disciples. We can't be complacent about it. We can't sit back and watch the parade go by. Time is running out. I got to thinking the other day, I'm 50 years old. And thank you for not laughing. They laughed in the first service. I'm 50 years old. So how many more years do you think I got pastoring? 15, maybe? <sighs> Today is a nice day. I'm going to get on my motorcycle and go down K-15. I may not live few more hours. Time's running out. If you've been sitting on the sidelines, it's time to get the game. It's time to get in the game and start making disciples. I don't know what to do. You don't have to know what to do. You just engage. God would lead you. You have his word just like I do. You have the Bible. You have the Word of God, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. As long as we go by the Word of God, we're led by the Spirit of God, 
He will show you. And we'll be talking about what making disciples and growing as disciples looks like over the next three or four weeks. Worship, connect, serve. We get that from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. That's the text we'll look at next week. So if you want to read that, that's what the early church did. So on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people became new disciples. So this little church of 150 people, 120 people, has now the task of discipling 3,000 people. How did they do it? They worshiped, they connected, and they served. And we're going to talk about what that is. Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. But today, you have to resolve in your mind, if you're a believer, this commission is given to me. It's as if I am on the mountain myself and Jesus is looking me in the eyes and he's saying, Jim, Joe, Susie, whatever your name is. He wouldn't say that. He would know your name, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I want you to make disciples. That's what I want you to do until I return. This commission is for you. It's time to get into the game. Maybe today he's calling you to come and follow him because you don't know Christ. Maybe you've been trying to act better, do better, be better, live more morally. You know, maybe I go to church and I make things better and God will accept me. I'm sorry, that's not how it works. It's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Maybe today he's calling you to be his disciple. To trust in him and have your sins washed away. Have your sins forgiven, put away as far as the east is from the west. Today is the day. If God is drawing your heart, if you feel the spirit tugging at you saying, you need to come and trust me. You need to have your sins forgiven. Don't wait another moment. The time is getting short. Trust in Jesus. Give him your heart and life and your sin will be forgiven. And you will be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Give him your heart and life. And believers, the new building's great. We're going to rejoice at what God has done. But it's just the beginning. We're going to get on mission. Let's, try, let's pray. God, we do love you. We thank you for your word. God, I love you. And I, I just pray that you would use the word that you've given us today, this word in Matthew, Lord, and that you would just impress it upon our hearts that you would uh, show us what you would have each and every one of us to do. We know, God, that you want us to be invested in each other's lives. We know that you want us to be evangelizing. We know that you want us to be uh, communing with you in, in your word and in prayer. God, as we, as we walk through all of these things in the next several weeks, I pray that you would just watch over us, that you would prepare our hearts, that you would prepare the word, that it would be, that it would be accompanied by the power of your spirit. God, and that you would show us who we are to be. And God, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, that hasn't trusted you, that's trying to live rightly or do good or whatever, God, I pray that you would show them the cross. Show them the only way to salvation, to be accepted with you. Show them the way, the truth, and the life, the only door that there is, and that's Jesus Christ, him crucified and raised from the dead. God, I pray that you give them the strength to trust in you, to put their faith in Jesus, that he died for my sin and that he paid for my sin and that in him I am complete. God, and that they would call out to you for salvation. I pray that you would save souls in here today. And God, I ask that you would grow us as your followers, as your disciples, and send us out. We thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.
As always, I'm going to stand right down here at the front. I'd love to pray with you if you want to come. Do business with the Lord today. Will you stand with me?